This podcast contains adult language. DigitalDarren.com and today we're going to do something a little different. We're going to switch it up. Today's date is September 21st, 2017 and this is a very special date. Something 38 years ago, something magical happened. The world was graced with the magical wonder and awesomeness that is known as Digital Darren. So this is First Lady and with me I actually have Digital Darren. Hello. You're going to say hello, that's it. Oh, shout out to all the listeners. Thank you guys for listening. Like she said, we're going to do something a little different. So, it's going to be a flip-flop. I'm going to be the interviewee, correct? And you're going to be, first lady's going to be an interviewer. So, just a little sneak peek into Digital Darren, digitaldarren.com. Just something fun. Um, kind of something I want to do for my birthday. Something we want to do for my birthday. Mm-hmm. And so, without further ado, I'll let first lady take over. Like Digital Darren said, we're going to switch it up, and I'm going to be asking him questions. So, for several years now, a hundred and some episodes, you've heard Digital Darren and his crew and their crazy antics and thoughts on everything from relationships to sports to just whatever stupidness they want to talk about, their barbershop talk as they talk. So, today we're going to give you a glimpse behind behind the curtain, if you will, uh, the man behind the mirror, the infamous Digital Darren. So I'm going to be just asking him questions and trying to give a little insight into the man, the myth, the legend that uh, runs this here podcast. So you ready? Yes, I am. So I know this is a little awkward because you're always the one asking questions. There's no Calhoun to stir you up and get all crazy or any of those other crazy friends you hang out with. So this may feel a little awkward, but just bear with us. All right. So very interesting. I guess to start about myself, um, my name's Darren. I am born and raised in Atlanta been a sports person all my life of course you know I am kind of into you know culture and social issues that pertain to black people I've product of APS product of Clark Atlanta University this podcast which we'll probably talk about more when we ask questions was born out of A my love for technology and B kind of a way to keep in contact with my friends and you know as you grow older you find your special lady first lady we we all grow apart and you know just life pulls everybody in different directions so they become they double down on more more what we do like our families and stuff like that so podcast was just a way of us kind of talking about stuff that we talk about when we see each other in the bar in the barbershop so at the time my interest was sports relationships dating and other things it was changed more recently but you know, that's what started the podcast. That's pretty much what what I am to a degree. So what you see is what you get. Like, we always tell the truth, all the stories, all the... Whatever you hear is truth. It, it probably is most likely a phone conversation I've had with somebody beforehand. And we just kind of tailor it to podcast form. About me, um, I don't know any other special thing about myself that's probably what you were asking then I can kind of give an answer or whatever so there's but, nothing else you want to say besides Darren a product of Atlanta APS Clark that pretty much sums you up for right now yeah I think more stuff would come if you ask me and then I'll be able to tell I'm not good at that stuff so this talking about yourself yeah so this is probably more of you asking I can answer better okay well how old are you today's your birthday so let's start there I'm 38 years old today. Okay, so September 21st, that makes you a... Virgo. Okay. Siblings? Only child. And how's that? Only child. I, so one of my tenants in life, or one of the one of my pillars in life is that nobody should have... Nobody should be an only child. And growing up as only child, my parents did, you know, better than most. Especially for black parents in the 80s. So... You know, I was able to get... My dad was real hard on me. He was very old school. Very hard on me. My parents had me older than most people have their kids. So, he was real hard on me. He wanted to make sure I wasn't spoiled. But it's kind of hard when, you know, I was kind of a good... I was an all-American kid. Like, 
you know, pretty good much. Two-shoes. Yeah, good at two shoes. I didn't cause no trouble, played sports, made pretty much an A student. Mm-hmm. No real behavioral problems. So, like, it's one of those things, it's kind of. You, it's easier to be a can't parent than a won't parent. Meaning, like, mm-hmm. hey, your child wants something. I just don't have the money. I can't do it. Your child wants something. They're doing everything right. It's hard to say I won't mm-hmm. for the sake of just saying I won't. Mm-hmm. My dad did a good job of saying he won't, but my mom, more so, I could kind of finesse her or whatever and get what I want. Okay. So. So, only child, APS. Where'd you graduate? High school? South Atlanta High School. Um. Most of the people here on the podcast either went to a South Atlanta High School or Cleveland Avenue Elementary School, Crawford Elementary School, all in Atlanta's Zone 3 area. So I said I'm from Atlanta, but I'm from the south side of Atlanta, technically the southeast side of Atlanta. We call it Zone 3. I don't know. If if you're not from Atlanta, that's kind of southeast side of Atlanta. So. Okay. Uh, where'd you go to college? I went to Clark Atlanta University. And what are your degrees in? Computer science. Oh, okay. So you're nerdy. Uh, to some degree. Okay. When did you graduate? High school and college. High school, 98, college, 03. Okay. Kids, married? No kids, no marriage. I have... I don't know the way to describe BJ, but BJ is not my biological son, but I've had a lot of input in his life. Mm-hmm. So, you know... I don't know if you would consider it like a stepdad or a big brother type relationship, but mm-hmm. probably more so something like that. But okay. No biological kids. Um, what do you do to make money? I do a couple of things. One, oh, I don't want to say. Hold on, that sounds like some training. No, no, all technical. All legal, but one, I don't okay. want to say online. Okay. Just know it's in technology. I don't want to say where I work. But yeah. one is technology. Another is I have a dealer license, so I sell cars. And, you know, we make a couple of little dollars on off this podcast, very small dollars, like 2 or $3 a year. Okay. So, test podcast or whatever. So. Okay. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> you make money off of it, though. So, that could be a little plug, like, hey, visit us on this. Hey, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> so, all right, we know what you do for money. What do you do for fun? Ooh, that's changed as I've gotten older. So. Okay. When I was, I mean, like most young people, I wasn't a super huge clubber, but I would go out. Mm-hmm. Not as much as probably I should have at the time, mm-hmm. but um, sports was always the main thing. Hanging with my friends was always big. So, like, most Friday nights guys are just out. You know, like most guys, I'm out chasing tail or whatever, but it's, I would go to a lot of strip clubs. But, like, it'll be more hanging out with my friends in the neighborhood, shooting, you know, same thing, Digital Darren talking barbershop, talk sports or whatever. And, you know, it would be most let's go to a strip club, let's go ride around the city and just see what's going on type stuff. In high school, I mean, in, you know, post-college or whatever. College, kind of more so I was coming back home, kind of doing stuff. Hanging with the football team. I played football in college, but I wasn't that good. But hanging with the football team, stuff like that. And then as I've gotten older. Hold on, what position did you play in college? I played wide receiver for three years. And, like, we went to, like, a wing system. I played wing for the last year. But okay. I wasn't that good. But long story short. Hey, hey, we're going to say all that. You played. <laughs> you got the jacket. I've seen it. Yeah, so thank you. So, yeah, back to your original kind of question. I guess as I've gotten older, I have a hobby, which I guess you, I'm sure you're going to ask about. Mm-hmm. I double down and spend more time on my hobby. Well, talk about it. I well, mean, we can talk. Well, I'm a huge Transformers collector, and I'm going to plug out another podcast, too. If you're into toys and collectibles, I have another podcast, two brown boys talk toys.com, the number two, then brown boys talk toys.com. So we talk about collectibles and Transformers and everything like that. But I'm a very passionate Transformers collector, so I spend a lot of time looking at, you know, videos, customizations, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, and trying to keep up with my extraordinary girlfriend. That's how I spend a lot of my free time. <laughs> Don't try to suck up to me as the host. <laughs> okay, so we're going to, again, focus on you. We're going to talk about podcasts later because you keep trying to put that spin on it, but this is about you. This is not about the Digital Darren podcast. This is about Digital Darren. Okay. So I'm going to remind you of that. Okay. Um, so, again, other questions. Favorite artist when it comes to music? I'm going to answer that twofold. Okay. So I have a favorite artist and who I think the best artist. And it's hard for me to kind of distinguish the two. Okay. So I think, you know, if you had to say gun to my face, favorite artist is Zero, the most city done. 
And it's because he's the only child. He lost both of his parents. I lost both of my parents. And it kind of, you know, kind of that tough brotherly love, like, hey, is you against the world type thing? Like, that it, That kind of, uh, it lets me vent that part of myself. So, like, we were talking about, like, why I think everybody should have kids or more than one kid. So, like, you won't ever feel like you're in the world by yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, not to throw a pity party or anything like that, but his music allows me to, gives uh, is a way for me to vent that frustration. And so, is that your favorite or what you think is the best? That's my favorite. Okay. I think the best artist is Scarface. Uh, most people know him from the Ghetto Boys, but I think he... Nobody puts together music like he does. And he touches some, on some of everything from community issues to, you know, dating issues to... And I th- I don't think nobody tells a story or composes music like he does. So, okay. And, he, and one of the things about me is that with music, you have to have enough music. So, like, Biggie. I think we, me and you talked about this one time. Was that I can't ever say Biggie's the greatest because he only had one real album that he put together himself. The other one was a post-homicide album. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, maybe two, but this other one was a post this album. So one of the things for me is that you have to produce a quality, enough quality music. Mm-hmm. And so on top of making great music, Scarface consistently makes great music. He's made like what, 12 albums or 13 albums, something like that. So. Okay. What's your favorite album of all time? doesn't have to be from either one of them. It's not. My favorite album from, whew, that's actually a really. You can be top five if it's easier. Not in any particular order. I think Michael Jackson Thriller album mm-hmm. is up there. I think UGK Ryan Dirty is definitely up there. I think Outcast Equimini is up there. Mm-hmm. I won't say Scarface Made is up there. Probably Eight Ball and MJG coming out hard. Those would be the five. And then coming off the bench would probably be zero crack out. Okay. So, can we, can we stay on music for a second? Mm-hmm. Most of my music is southern hip-hop, so I've listened old 90s southern, well, 90s, 2000s, okay. early 2000s southern hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm, No Migos? No Migos, and so that was kind of going to get to that point. Like, as music has evolved, I'm kind of like the old man. I've doubled down and stayed kind of in my glory years of music. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of the music like Future. I'm not a big Future fan. I'm not a big, I'm not even a big Atlanta fan. So I think this is kind of a good talking point about us. Once Outkast quit making music, my love for Atlanta music kind of faded away. Like I like Ti a lot. Jesus was cool. His first album was really good. Ti Ti really. I'm disappointed in him. He makes really good music. But um, I found myself as I got older gravitating more toward Houston music. So mm-hmm. when I was younger, it was ATL ATL. Then UGK had me. You know, then New Orleans took over, but the older I get, the more I gravitate more towards Houston, Houston music. Maybe because they're the only ones who the older guys are still rapping from time to time. Mm-hmm. But I find myself gravitating more towards Houston music and specifically rap a lot of screwed up click type music. Okay. Which is very interesting because you're definitely pro Atlanta in like every sort of which way. You always rap Clark and always rap APS and all that good stuff. Yeah. So, okay, interesting. What was the very first concert you ever went to? Michael Jackson and the Jackson Five. It was 1985 at Fulton County Stadium. Me, my mom, one of our neighbors, and her son. And you remember it? I remember it. Oh, snap. Okay. Yeah. What's the best concert you ever been to? The best concert I ever went to was called, it's a real hood cop well. It's called Salute to the Slab. Mm-hmm. It's in Houston. So it's basically like all the Houston rappers. And so the interesting thing about them is that they most of them are so region like in Texas you can be regionalized and not have to go out of Texas and make your money mm-hmm. so a lot of them are just very few of their songs come out the south I mean come out Texas so I went to that and so like it really turned into a zero feature concert so like just him and his best live music so I'm a real big live music person and so it was just my favorite rapper with a live band mm-hmm. And it was one of those things you knew he was going to be an act, but you didn't, they didn't mark it like he was going to be the feature act. So mm-hmm. just was a really great concert. Actually, my best concert of all time to me. My okay. favorite concert. Got you. So in addition to music, some of the things that you guys talk about is sports. So what's your favorite sport to watch as well as play? To watch is definitely um, football. But you're not watching football right now. I'm not watching football right now. Are we going to get into that later? Or you want to talk yeah, about it now? Yeah, it is right here. 
I mean, the Atlanta Falcons basically broke my heart. So most people are boycotting because of Kaepernick, but it's eighty percent Falcons let me down. And we have, you know, not to go back to the podcast, but we have a slew of podcasts about that topic. Twenty percent Kaepernick, but I'm a huge college football fan. So like, if I, if, if if it said you had to keep one sport, never the sport goes away, it would be college football in a landslide. I would keep college football in a landslide. Which is really interesting because you don't spend a lot of time watching college football. Well, I mean, I'm at Clark College games, right? So that kind of interferes with watching college football on Saturday, but mm-hmm. kind of same concept though. Okay. And the play. The play. You were, you were an athlete growing up. What did you play? I played football, basketball, and baseball. I was my dad, who was very hard, thought I was better at baseball. So of course I hated baseball the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I think basketball to play because like you know people can see people can see you and like in football you can be good and like you know very few people know it mm-hmm. unless you like touching the ball. Yeah. In basketball, if you're good, somebody's gonna you know you shine. You shine mm-hmm. exactly. So so basketball would be my favorite sport. I think I was best at football. My dad think I was best at baseball but I was the worst at basketball so of course the one I like the most I was the worst at so <laughs> okay that's, that's interesting so another thing you mentioned was Transformers when did you start collecting so I started collecting well as a kid like I said my parents had they made they made pretty good money they want so a lot of money between them and my grandma they had they wind up having to take care of each one set of their parents. So that's a lot of our money went to that. But my grandma, who basically she never had a job, didn't know how to read. So she ran numbers. Pretty much that was her job, to run numbers. That's what most old ladies in the South did. So, like, she um, she she bought me my first toy. It was a Transformer. Mm-hmm. 1985 it was actually the Sunday before my birthday. I forget what day my birthday was. This on. was the same year you went to the Michael Jackson concert. The same year I went this to the Michael Jackson. This year was popping for you. Michael Jackson and Transformers? 85 with that deal. I know, I see. And so, anyway, she bought me a red side swipe Transformer. I remember this from South Lake Mall. It was J.C. Penney's. I remember that. And so, that got me in the Transformers. That's right? J.C. Penney's South Lake Mall? They just closed. Oh. South Lake Mall is still there, but J.C. Oh, Penney. Okay. I mean, they just closed them in general, right? So. Oh, okay. So, but, um... Anyway, yeah, that was my first twin. They sparked my love for Transformers. And so, you know, I kept, I didn't collect them as a kid, but, you know, I had a lot of them. And then, you know, you discover girls and whatever, whatever. Fast forward, they reintroduced the line, basically the, the line that we had as kids. Mm-hmm. They reintroduced them in, like, 03, 04, and I started back collecting them then. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped for a while because I was like, uh, it's, these are kids' toys. And so they started creating more adult-friendly collectibles around uh-huh. 2011. And I think I really got back into it like 2013, 14. And then it's basically kind of grown pretty exponentially. So what do you, you know? what do you like about it? Like what does trans- collecting Transformers do? Well, one, I mean, so it's, you said it best. I'm kind of a nerd. And so like just how the, the transformations work, especially with the more collectibles, they have more like their mind puzzles to me. Like especially when you just try to figure out how to transform it on your own. Mm-hmm. So it kind of appeals to like the engineer, the geek in me and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then also, I guess the flip side to take you back to a simpler time, so it kind of remind you of your childhood. Mm-hmm. And one of the, you know, most people like being reminded of their childhood. So one of the happier times of my life. But probably sixty percent engineering or whatever, and like just how they're made, and then forty percent to remind me of, as a child or whatever. So how large is this collection? Like, how many Transformers do you think you have? Ooh, probably like two hundred. I'll say this. We can rate. We could probably man. The insurance on my collection, my collection probably would be valued at like over twenty five thousand um, dollars. So, what's your favorite transformer and why? Um, Perceptor because it's some. So basically, like, it's more than just the toys. It's the cartoons, like comic books and everything. It's like. So you read um, the comic books. You watched the cartoons. Yeah, you I kind of the movies. Yeah, yeah, the whole franchise. Okay. So not just—I mean, the cartoons, of course, it was like first look. But I've been—I've engaged in every part of the franchise. And so, Percept is a nerd who, you know, is always selfless and becomes kind of a badass in the comics, the more recent comics. So, like, I think kind of what I would want to be and what I am to a degree. Like, so you see yourself in Perceptor. Yeah, I see some okay. myself in Perceptor. Or some Perceptor in you. Yeah, exactly. So. Okay. So. I guess where does this collection go? You have this huge two hundred piece collection. You just continue to collect. I mean, at some point, will you have bought them all? 
Yeah, so it's actually really close now to buying them all. So for my completion to be complete. Your complexion? For my collection. I'm dark enough. My collection is pretty complete, yeah. <laughs> my collection to be complete. Say that three times fast, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I probably need like 15 pieces. Oh, yeah. And it's something That's like called, a, a couple months for you. Yeah, it's something called TFCon that I don't know if you're going to talk about on this podcast, but oh, ahead, it's basically no. a Transformers convention that happens next week, actually. That Transformers orgy, as I like to call it. Exactly. And so what happens is, is that I'll probably get 10 of those okay. at Transformers orgy. Okay. And so that'll really make, like the ones I won't have will just be ones that haven't been made yet. So that'll be like once they start making them, I'll complete my collection. Mm-hmm. Once I complete the Transformers collection, I have a buddy, Ashley, co host of the other podcast, who's urging me to start collecting something new. I don't know if I want to go down that rabbit hole yet, but it's something I'm looking at. So, mm-hmm. and once I get through collecting, it'll be more like doing videos for the community and stuff like that. So I do like just topic videos, so like just discussion videos on like collecting in general. Okay, so we talked about music, a little bit about sports, about your hobbies. Um, so, talking about you a little bit more. Um, what are your pet peeves? So, one of my, I, I'll tell you, one stupid one and one I think everybody has. One stupid one for me is like when you're driving and like on the highway and slow traffic stays to the left. Like that makes me want to throw my steering wheel at okay, them. Okay, little road rage. Yeah, that, that's that's stupid. But like for me, one of the things is like when somebody says, "Oh, I want to tell you something," and don't say it. That's like the worst. Like, <laughs> like just say it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> don't tease me or whatever. Don't show me your titties and not let me suck them or whatever. You know what I'm oh, saying? That's where you had to go with that. There's plenty of ways to be teased. Digital there. <laughs> but yeah, that's actually the biggest pet peeve to me is like when somebody says like hey I want to tell you something or they start talking about something saying never mind or something like that that hurts me to know yeah. so if you were to describe yourself to somebody using three words what three words would you use genuine would be the first word asshole would be another word genuine asshole okay well not a genuine asshole I'm a genuine person who has asshole tendencies okay this, this, this sounds like a LinkedIn like header profile <laughs> or online dating it's like online dating genuine person with um, <laughs> asshole tendencies um so genuine asshole and probably smart that would be like a that would be like a third, I guess, defining adjective or whatever to describe. I would describe myself. Okay. So, only child. What three words would you use to describe your mom? Sweetheart. I think everybody would describe their mom like that. Or most people would describe their mom like that. I would not describe my mom as a sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Kate if you're listening. <laughs> Sweetheart. Um, I think spiritual would kind of be like one of the things I would do to describe her with. And... Just nice. Like, my mom was nice to, like, everybody say their mom is the best mom. Or most people say their mom is the best mom. My mom was just a nice person. You know what I'm saying? So, like, she one of those people who were, like, my dad was an asshole. So, like, he needed somebody nice. Like, to balance balance her. To your dad. Three words to describe your dad. Are you going to pick asshole? No. Analytical. Like, my dad was very analytical. Like, I may be smart. But he's like smart and analytical. Like he's kind of like very methodical in how he moves and stuff like that. Very particular. So like he wanted things done his way. So smart, particular, and I don't want to say asshole because I, I think at um. You don't want to call your dad an asshole. Partly, but I think like he's one of those people like. He was being an asshole, but he was right more times than not. You know what I'm saying? So it's, That's it, the worst kind of asshole. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's one of the things, like, he, like a lot of people want to be the smartest person in the room, and, like, more yeah. times than not, yeah, he was the smartest person in the room. So, like, so I would say, um, I said analytical, and I said very particular. And I would say, I don't know what old school, I don't know if old school is good. 
but I think like I think very much he was a man of his generation or whatever in a lot of outside of being particularly really, really smart I think otherwise he was very much so a man of his generation or whatever. so what do you think as far as the man you are today like what part if you had to pick one part in particular you can directly see like as an influence from your dad and from your mom what would you say like you get from them my dad Always having a plan, being like kind of like you know, me, I'm very analytical about a lot of stuff. What else? I think I get that from him, especially the older I get and the more experience I get. Mm-hmm. My mom having that caring component, so it's kind of like funny because like my dad very analytical, like quick to say no, but my mom was like nah. So I could see myself wrestling with those two parts mm-hmm. of myself. Okay, so you think you're a good mixture? I think I am a mixture. I don't know if it's good, but I think I'm a mixture. Physically. What do you? Who do you look like? I feel like my dad. People tell me I look like my mom, but I don't see any of my mom in me. No. Like besides skin complexion, that's it. Okay. Cause my mom was a very dark lady, and I'm pretty dark. But like my dad, normal brown. But I think I look physically. Normal brown. Yeah. Crayon is that in the box? Brown. brown. <laughs> and my mom would be like me and my mom would kind of be negro or something like that. Shut with up. The brown. <laughs> So if it's a five dial thing and five is black, me and my mom, my mom would probably be five. I would be four. My dad would be like three or something like that. Oh, you funny. Okay. Um, so speaking of families and all that good stuff, do you want to have kids? I do. Like, I, I mean, I, you know, practice what I preach. I would like to have more than one kid. And, you know, somebody asked me that. And I, I honestly would say I could have, I would like to have as many kids as I could afford. So, you know, we had $20 million. I want to have as many kids as $20 million could afford, realistically, you know what I'm saying? But I definitely want more than one kid. That's, like, my only requirement. So if they turn out to have their own, like, DigitalDarrenJr.com podcast, and they're talking about their dad, what words would you want them to use to describe you? Attentive. Okay. So I would want them to be like, my dad understood it you know, how I was different from my siblings and tailored parenting me correctly or whatever. Okay. So I want to parent my children based on their personality, not just based on what I was taught. Happy and butter spread. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I, I will want them to describe me as like attentive. I think like, you know, somebody should be default. Like my dad cared for me. He loved me and stuff like that. But I, the first word I want them to say is like whatever that concept is, attentive to me as a child or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or he understood me. Mm-hmm. My dad understood me. So kind of that whole concept that would be like the first what thing else? reasonable mm. that's a good one so in a lot of ways I don't think my dad was reasonable mm-hmm. and you know a, a lot of a lot of fears he had for me weren't even things that were on my mind you know how your parents may be worried about you doing A but A isn't even on yeah. your mind mm-hmm. you know like worried yeah, I'm worried about B and they're not even thinking about B you know what I'm saying so I wouldn't want to be I want to be attentive to my kids for that reason, but reasonable so I can understand. So, looking back over everything you've done from a little boy to a young man to a grown man, um, what are you most proud of? Like, what have you done that when you go to sleep, you're like, I'm proud of this? I'm going to say two things. Mm-hmm. One's going to be really important, but really stupid. And one's going to be just genuinely important. So I start with it. Which one would you want to hear first? Wherever you want to start. I do the really important and really stupid one. Um, STD free. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think me going to bed every night with no STDs is, like, huge for me. Because in eighth grade, it was they showed us some health um, movie. And it was basically about AIDS and how AIDS first started. But it wasn't like a factual movie. It was like a dramatization. Mm-hmm. To get you scared. Yeah, to get mm-hmm. you scared. And the, basically, the guy on the... The girl, this girl had got AIDS, and they didn't know anything about AIDS. I'm gonna just describe the movie real quick. And so, like, as they were discovering what AIDS was, and like one of the scenes was, they were asking her how did she get AIDS, and so she was flashing back on all her partners, and she was like, "Darren, I got it from Darren." The person's name was Darren. The person's name was Darren in the movie. <laughs> Yo, you went home. You couldn't sleep for a week after. Yeah, that. you know what I'm saying, like. Oh, I was in eighth grade. It probably didn't spell it like you though. It was probably like D A R R. Yeah, but I mean, it, <laughs> it is. It wasn't you, Darren. It wasn't you. Yeah, but it was. A, it was a white dude. Cause it was a white movie. But like, you know, the guy name was Darren, and like, you know, 
my name, yeah, cause my name is uncom. My name isn't super common to be on TV and stuff like that. And so, like for all, the, it, it could have been a John, a Kevin, you know, more common name. But for I the, never heard this story. I like this because everything else so far is is not new to me. I'm doing it for the listeners, but this is genuinely new. This is interesting. Yeah, so like that really kind of shook me. And so you know, like I always told myself I never wanted to go out like that. You know what I'm saying? Plus, I had family members who passed that age. But, like, one of my big things, like, I never wanted to go out like that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, being able to say, you know, I haven't made perfect decisions, but making good enough decisions where I'm not going out like that. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. Means, so, shout out to everyone who's STD free. Hey. Yeah, yeah, that means a lot to me. You this know could be featured on, like, a high school, you know, whatever. That could be the next step. <laughs> hey, maybe the next Darren. I'll save another Darren, right? Darren's just save each other. Uh, and then <laughs> like reach back and say the hell. Exactly. And then the next thing is like being a genuine person. So like I really I'm not I'm in some ways I'm too passive. That's one of my flaws. But like whenever I do something, I try to do it like from the heart. Like everybody who's known me all my life, whether people know me since I was a little little kid call me D W. People met me like in high school call me D dub. People who met me in college call me Lil D. People who met me late in life call me Dare. Like, no matter what name you know me as, you could pretty much say that, hey, Darren is not coming at me sideways, no arterial motives. You know, he may not say the negative stuff, but when he tells you something, you can know, you can take it. He, he's coming from a good place from you, and you can mm-hmm. take it to the bank or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I pride myself on trying to be. Like, I may not be one of the people who I tell it to you like it is all the time, cause I may just keep it to myself. Mm-hmm. But when I do tell you, you know it's coming from a your best interest place even if you don't see it so. okay so we've talked about this before like there's pivotal moments in your life that have shaped you and kind of steer you on the path that you're on what are some pivotal points you would say in your own life hmm I won't say I won't say anything about death I would say that's a really good question why do you want to stay away from death I mean, because death is one of those things that, like, so, like, my, when my, my father passed, like, right after high school or whatever, and so, like, graduating college, kind of, I lost my focus, but my mom, you know, I did it more so for her than for me or whatever, so, like, I think it could have been real, called my friends, worked at the airport, and at the time, I wanted to go work at the airport with all my friends, but it was something that was, like, no, go to school, finish, and it was people, you know, at Clark who believed in me more than I believed in myself at that mm-hmm. time. So, That's important. People need that. Yeah, so like, what? People to believe in them? Yeah, when you don't believe them. Yeah, so people believed in me. And even now, so I got from like, it's a lot of times where people believe in me more than I believe in myself. Mm-hmm. But it's one thing to be, you know, an adult. And like, there's another thing to be like a young man still trying to find, understand your way in this world and having mm-hmm. to go through that. So that just that whole Clark experience kind of what other people kind of believed in me. Are there any people you want to name? Yeah, Miss English. From computer science, Dr. Perry, Coach Thompson, um, wide receiver coach, Coach Pitts, they were always nice to me and kind of, you know, Dr. Howe. And so I tell this story, I, I tell a couple of stories from Clark. I remember, you know, my dad, I was about to, my, I was about to, my scholarship got cut because I basically had missed some classes. Cause I, and I, in my major, I was good, but like my overall GPA is failed. My dad passed. I like fuck psychology. I used to go in my um, other class and be like, look, what can I do for a C? Like, I don't even want to be in here. I just need this for this. So, what can I do for a C? So, I did that a couple of times. A couple of times, I was like, fuck it. And so, I had wound up losing my scholarship. And so, you know, I really, I was calling this dude who sold dope. Like, man, look, I literally was about to call him and say, can you just front me something so I can sell this so I can get back in school? Mm-hmm. And the head of my department, Dr. Perry, was like, look, there. You need to graduate. You're too talented not to be coming to school. And so he went and found money for me. This was like my senior. If I had another year after that. And he went and found money for me to keep me in school. And I told him I wasn't going to mess up that opportunity. And so I took that money and went and made, improved my grades and got my scholarship back. And went That's a great that. story. So where's Dr. Perry? Have you talked to him? Yeah, he's actually at Morehouse. We talked. Oh, he's at Morehouse? Yeah, we talked this I went to visit him. So we visit him like me and a couple of my friends visit him like once or twice a year. That's good, you should. That's 
That's a pivotal person in your life. Yeah, him and Miss English. Like when my when my father passed, Miss English called me, and she always looked. She always was like she was the hardest teacher in the department. So like she was like. If you pass her, you go graduate. And like they, she used to weed out people early. And so I remember this story. I know this may be a stupid story. Um, I had a test, and so she was like, "Who is Darren?" And I was like, "This is Darren." She was like, "Can you come up to the um, board and can you do this?" So she asked a little question. I did it. She was like, "She was like, you made a ninety-one on my test, and she and, cooked, and like I would, it was only three of us who passed that test." Mm-hmm. Like let alone made it one, and, and two of them came from junior colleges, so they already had degrees mm-hmm. and knowledge. So I was the only one person who didn't have any computer knowledge. Mm-hmm. It was like a one hundred class or a two hundred class, okay. and ever since then she was even you know up until recently she always would be like, "Darren, how you doing? Uh, you know, you're special, you're talented. You know, I know you know." She believed in me and saw something in me and helped me mold she helped me make me into a technology person okay and you know she out not just by like challenging me hard so making giving me the hardest project and stuff like that so miss english is definitely another person i like to think about and then coach thompson coach Pierce, they always was like you know they didn't give me no court even though like i wasn't the best player they always treated me like you know you're gonna do this you and you're gonna get work. yeah like you had work so. you had value yeah exactly so, okay. That's it. That was that's pretty much it about my college thing. Okay. So talking about college, like, what are, what's the one thing that you think like everyone should experience? Not necessarily that you do in college, but you know, whether your children, whoever you're talking to, is like this one thing that everyone needs to experience. I think so. One thing that I told you, I think every black kid should go to a HBCU. Like, you ain't got to graduate from an HBCU, but you should at least see the black experience no matter if you come from a mixed school black school or no but a kid in general i think every young person should travel two things i think you should travel and i think you should live in another city mm-hmm. that's like my biggest re- college regret is that i didn't live in another city because you know this it's a stat that says most people spend their lives 20 miles from where they were born at. and like we're probably 20 miles within Grady, right? 20 miles within Grady. Like, you're a complete different case. But, like, most, you know, every all of my friends, probably born in Atlanta. Grady babies. Grady babies. Haven't left Atlanta. Maybe it's a Southern thing. That's what people tell me or whatever. But, you know, I would say any kid, go live in another city. Like, if you're from the big city, go live in the country for a minute. If you're from the north, try the south. If you never, you, whatever city you think you would want to live in, try that for six months just to get that experience or whatever. And that's that's one thing. And then another thing I tell a kid is, you know, you need to be bored in life. Everything can't be fun. And I know with this generation and that, you know, kind tell, of tell them your mantra, your little your little struggle thing. You forgot it. A little struggle, some sacrifice, and a lot of success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's my mantra. So like, if if you had to have them. Uh, theme as a parent that would be my theme so, as a parent so the theme of a parent is what I want my kid to have a little struggle some sacrifice and a lot of success so I think that's pretty awesome mm-hmm. um what's your claim to fame besides a huge nod you play oh play play oh you showing out <laughs> probably smart I think most people consider me like Smart, very smart. That would be like my biggest claim to fame. So you think if your friends were describing you, that would smart would be the first word that everybody come up with. You think so? Okay. So kind of a good thing. So smart's a good thing. If your friends were describing you and they had to name one of your weaknesses, what would they say that is? I don't know. That's a good question. I know my weakness, but I don't. Again, my weakness is being passive. So like, that's one of the things. Like, would somebody ever know that you're passive or whatever? Because like, instead of me saying. Okay, so I will say that. Probably not taking command. So, like, I underestimate myself. And I have, so probably lack of confidence in not taking command. Kind of walk hand to hand. Okay, so that's what they would say. Yeah. Okay. So, like, either one of those two. But to me, they're they're kind of like my overall faults in general. Like, I don't, I don't, I should have more confidence and I should take command more. So. So, as only child, um. Your friends obviously were very important to you, right? And you always talk about your group of friends. You have a podcast with them. What characteristics or, or what about you 
has been shaped in large part by them? Like, what parts of you? Oh, a lot. Calhoun has given me, you know, the ability to better articulate. Whatever. I've become a better articulator or orator because of Calhoun. <laughs> I've become a be- I've come become a better conversationalist because of Calhoun. Shout out to Calhoun. Yeah, double R. Um, better at strip clubs. <laughs> nah, you think so, right? Double R has helped me become just more like a man of your word. Like even when you don't feel like it, you like what a true friend is. So like. A true friend is being a friend even when you don't feel like being a friend. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily like being a friend, even when it's an inconvenience. It's like, you know, sometimes you be like, fuck, it's an inconvenience. But you still do it, and you do it with great intentions, even though it may be an inconvenience to you. So Double R's always showed me, like, even when stuff isn't convenient, you know, do the right thing. Lynn himself has always taught me to take pride in my appearance. Mari has always taught me to kind of explore things that you're not good at and try to you know improve in that regard mm-hmm. okay. ESL has always taught me to you know never stop learning like always you know learn in it and everything you can like grow in that regard like knowledge is power in his world He's, you know hanging around him has got me that Spivey has taught me to always be honest anybody else yeah, so many people, like, Bebe has always taught me to be reliable. Be the reliable person, even though you may not want to be. Like, you be the reliable person. And, you know, it's okay to be the, it's okay to be the man behind the man. Like, mm-hmm. so, like, everything isn't always about you. So, Bebe has taught me that. So, there's a lot more of, the, more of the people I could talk about, but those are kind of the ones who, you know, have shaped me the most. Okay, okay. Yeah. I got you. That's good. So, what does the future hold for Digital Darren? What are you working on? What are your hopes, your dreams? What would you want to share with the people listening? So, one of my things, I guess I go by this model. I have part of it. I have it tattooed on me to a degree. I think that, you know, there's a circle of life. And in each circle, there's a quadrant. There's a, you know, a family quadrant, a spiritual quadrant a work quadrant and a future quadrant future slash self quadrant and so you know I want to be able to you know grow in every quadrant from a family you know hopefully me and you move forward and progress in our relationship start a family and be good parents and raise good citizens you know I hope we raise our children to actually can I say something real quick yeah. to any young person do what you love or do what come easy to you in life that's something I want I would tell any young person so I want our children to do what they love and do what comes easy to them. Mm-hmm. Um, from a spiritual standpoint, just understanding, not trying to look down on people to judge, judge, be judgmental of people. Like try to understand people's situation. Try to look at it from all angles before making a judgment. From a work standpoint, just I work on projects outside here. Just continue to work on them and taking the next step so hopefully I can get out the rat race and one of my projects becomes more successful mm-hmm. well you know we can live a life that you know most people want to live yeah those 20 million exactly kids exactly <laughs> and um from a future standpoint you know just continuing try to take care of my body my mind and my spirit like eat better live better do better kind of that type thing whatever so invest in myself and that doesn't just mean like money wise so like it's like I try to eat good but you know I always try to make a step better making goals for myself and get markedly better in, in that every aspect of whatever so. so it's really interesting because we've had we've talked for 46 minutes now basically and you haven't even mentioned the fact that you're a vegan and that's always something that pops up people want to know about that's probably the question I hear you get asked the most well you said it yesterday best like that's the interesting fact about myself so when you said tell somebody something about yourself that probably should how I should have kicked off by like hey I'm vegan you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying but a black vegan from the south which is you know Mm-hmm. Somebody who's not Afrocentric at all. <laughs> so, like, you know, just that, that whole conversation is kind of like wow in general. Like you said, that's like the interesting fact about myself. So um, talk a little bit about that. How long have you been vegan? I've been vegetarian, plant based for four years. I just did them after that. I started in 2013. And so I've been vegan for three years. 
And what made you choose to give up the meat and the dairy and all that good stuff? Well, I just want to live better. Um, I grew up, like I said, part of it is my growing up. I grew up, like, eating some, like, I grew up being a combination of the two most extremes. I grew up being a McDonald's baby, and I grew up eating Southern food, too. So, like, it was... My saving grace was that I ate a lot of fruit as a kid at my grandparents' house, my grandma's house. But, like, she would fry up chicken. Then after I eat fried chicken, my mom would come pick me up and we'd go to McDonald's. Shout out to your grandma. That's the one with the cast iron, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like... uh, And then, so, like, it was just... Always no bad eating. Like eat out a lot. Like you know, like I said, we ate out a lot growing up. And I also ate. I ate at home a lot too. But it was always it was never like healthy options or whatever. So you know, I just wanted to you know keep down you know the normal corporates of black people, high blood pressure, diabetes, and stuff like that. And I guess I said online, I have um, a disease called colitis or whatever, and it's basically where it makes the colon inflamed and you can sometimes stool blood and so you know just I I got diagnosed with the disease in 2001 and so I've been you know never taking it serious just taking my medicine or whatever and so I was you know just as you get older and more into like you know living longer or whatever mm-hmm. just researching like how food plays a role in like just everything just wanted to take that just wanted to give myself the best opportunity to succeed and so one of the things I could do is if I'm you know I'm one of the true believers one of my true beliefs is that you do everything you can do then God will do the rest or whatever and so like I feel like it's at least worth me trying to cut out meat and stuff like that and so that was that probably like 40% of it the rest of it just being healthy in general and trying to lose weight in general mm-hmm. and so uh, so it worked for you yeah, right. for the most part, yeah, it's work. Everything, everything's been great for them for that part of my life. Do you miss meat? Do you miss bacon and cheeseburgers? Not bacon, and- not cheeseburgers. So it's specific things I miss. So I miss like lamb chops. I miss like lobster. What about outback? I miss outback cheese fries. So that would be like if I could eat anything and not have any health repercussions, it would be probably start out with outback cheese fries as an appetizer. It'd probably be like a surf and turf lamb chops um, from no specific place, but just a good set of lamb chops. And then lobster from Cheetah. They have a spicy lobster tail. Oh, you talked about strip club earlier, too. What's your favorite strip club? In Atlanta, period. Period. Probably the office in Miami. That's like one of the best strip That was like a great strip club for me. Okay, sorry. That was a sidebar. I forgot to talk about the butt naked. Yeah, so. Any, um... Is it hard? Is it hard being vegan? Like, is it- nowadays, no, because like it's so many vegan. I mean, you date me, you know, it's so many vegan options popping up every day and stuff like that. That's why you caught me the vegan done. You are the vegan done. That's what the show could be called instead of digital Darren. If you want to rebrand, vegan done. Uh-huh. I actually thought about doing that, talking about like vegan restaurants and eating around Atlanta, but um, oh, being like a critic, yeah, you could add that to one of your uh, side hustles, the hats you wear. <laughs> yeah, but um. We try to get them revenue streams. Yeah, they say that me now has seven revenue streams. Hey, I'm working on the force. Hey, all right. How many we got now? Well, like three or four. So we right. need three more to get them. Double down. Exactly. So, um, I, the vegan thing is good. So, like, I'm one of those people. Like, it wasn't hard. It's harder to cut out dairy than it is meat for me. And, you know, just because when you eat out, people cook a lot of stuff with dairy. But the main food item is hard to get rid of is cheese. Like, they have, like it's the difference between eating a black bean burger and any burger with cheese. Like cheese just makes so much of a difference. Mm, don't it? Yeah, and so like that's probably the hardest like single food item to give up is cheese mm. that you know about. Like the dairy they can cook it in, you wouldn't really necessarily know it. But cheese, you know when something's missing cheese. Okay. Like that's the one thing you know that's missing. Okay. So I kinda wanna tra- transition and talk about the actual podcast. Alright. Is there anything else you want to say about yourself? No, that's it. You sure? Because we didn't talk for 50 minutes about digital Darren. No, that's, that's a it. lot. You don't ever talk about yourself that much. Are you feeling okay? Are you still with us? I'm feeling good. You're not bored, are you? Are you having heart palpitations? I'm good. You're not bored, are you? I live with you. I see you day in and day out. I love talking about you. <laughs> I probably talk about you more than you talk about you. So I'm, I'm good. Do. Okay. And the listeners are probably going to get a couple dimes. You're dropping some knowledge on them. You know, talking about traveling and a little bit of sacrifice. I can never remember it. Oh. Struggle, sacrifice, and a lot of success, basically. Yeah. I guess I got to remember it. Yeah. Maybe I'll get that tattooed on me. 
<laughs> that'd be our we're Game of Thrones fans, so that'd be our um, banner. Oh yeah, that will be our banner. You're right. Okay. <laughs> um. All right. So talking about the podcast. So you started the whole conversation by kind of giving a little bit of backstory, but if you can bring that back up and what birthed this baby of yours? What birthed this baby is just all of us growing up. You know, growing up, not necessarily growing apart, but not like. Oh, I don't mess with this person, but just like, hey, we talk about sports, but like, you know, it used to be we talked every day, but then people moved to different sides of towns, and so the daily face to faces become maybe every other day conversations, then to week conversations, and then to maybe every two weeks, and maybe people having kids every month, stuff like that. So it it was just a way to keep in contact with people you care about, and I think that. Basically, just keeping in contact with people I used to talk to a lot, and so where you don't want to be is where you you don't want to be where you like, man. I ever talk, I don't talk to the person because technology is so easy these days to keep in contact, and just and on the flip side of that, just something to keep remembering. So like I, it's like your kids can have something to remember you by besides memories. They can't have something tangible to to listen, yeah, and, and hear all about their crazy dad. Exactly. So like one of the things I don't know about you and your like how you and your parents, but like most kids only know their parents as their parents. Mm-hmm. And so like I think for me it's real special when you can see your parents in the light outside. Yeah, holistically or whatever. And so like I I hope this will be a gift to my kids where they can see me just not as their dad or disciplinarian, but you know, I was a person I was a young man at one time. I did, you know, the child. Oh, these hoes! We might have to like censor. What yeah, we they might have listen to. Yeah, but you know, that, let them know that I would. You know, I wasn't just their dad mm-hmm. my whole life. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's all they're gonna know me is their whole life. You know what I'm saying? I did have the same challenges they had. You know, just we're human. I'm human, just like and parent. It's a hard enough time for a lot of kids to see their parents as human or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so was this whole podcast your idea, and then you decided to bring the crew in on it? Yeah, so the podcast actually started as like a E.S. Lee and me idea, and it wasn't even meant to be this. I was going to take it and be this, but we were both talking about starting podcasts individually. Of course he was, because he does everything. Yeah, so like we were just talking about starting a podcast individually, and his was more basically on business. Mm-hmm. And so I already, once we talked about it, I said, I know I want mine to be kind of like... I haven't heard you guys do one on business, so have you... Have we've you done, done two, but again, okay. kind of like... Well, most of, do that, because, I mean, he knows a lot, and you guys should come together and... That would be helpful. That's another spin on it. So, you've kind of shared with me some of the backstory and how you guys not drifted apart by any means. But like you said, life happens. You have different priorities. You don't talk as much. So, I think this is a great you know way for you guys to stay in contact and still talk and kind of share your philosophy on life with other people. And some of you guys agree on things. Some of you don't. But one of the people you talked about specifically and you didn't mention in the friends thing, which I think is interesting, is Mike. Well, I didn't talk about Mr. Mob because you know he's passed, and so like I think we—he was one of the people. He was the glue. If you, we did a hundredth episode. If you go back and listen, anybody who go back and listen to that, you can tell he's the glue that kind of keeps the podcast rolling and keeps it together because he has special health situations, and so he would always be like, "Man, let's keep it going." And like in retrospect, we, I'm glad we did the podcast because I can go back and hear his voice. Mm-hmm. And kind of, it's a tangible thing or whatever. And so it's just when I'm down and I miss talking to him, I can at least hear him. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so it could take me back to a happier time. And not just you, because I've seen recently Calhoun Double R. They've posted like about missing him as well. So that's something tangible. Yeah, to so, other people. So it's like a gift you're even giving others. Exactly. And he has a son who's in college, and so his son can still go back and hear him and stuff like that. Oh, so speaking of that, they did just whip on Clark, right? They won. They didn't whip on. Oh, okay. Let's, what was, was the score? It was 23 to 16. Oh, okay. That was not whooping you, right? So, <laughs> but, yeah. I'm not going to turn into a hater. Shout out I to see, some people. I see that. <laughs> I see we got to watch the where these cars going. <laughs> Somebody need to navigate. But, nah, uh, yeah, so, like, Mr. Moby, like, he was kind of, he was kind of, like, the glue that kept us together. He was always the one calling, saying, hey, man, we need to do this podcast. Hey, man, we need to do this. He came up with, like, a couple of good theories, like our quarterback steakhouse comparison podcast. So, like, it was always him just keeping us on track and stuff like that. So, okay. And it'd be one of those things, like, even when it seemed fruitless for me. He was getting something out of it. He was getting something out of it. So, it, as long as somebody else is getting something out of it, I don't mind, you yeah. know, it recording it, editing or whatever. So. That's the nice side of you. You get from your mama. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what um, is your favorite podcast to date? 
so I'm gonna say two. Mm-hmm. One that's coming out soon is probably um, I'm gonna say three actually. One that's coming out soon is called The Color Love Part Two, and that's what kind of me and you talk about our journey. Shout out to me. It's acting first lady in the building. That's my favorite one because I, you know, just a little backstory behind it. Like we were just. If we don't use a script. We don't. Whatever you hear is what you get. You can be. Uh, oh yeah. Now that you're on her, you can attest you didn't to that. Tell me anything. You just let me go in there and talk. Exactly. So like, it's just hey, this is the topic we're gonna talk about. I don't even know where the conversation's going. Mm-hmm. So like, I just thought the conversation went to a remarkable place, and just I don't want to say confirmation, but just you know, added to all the reasons why you're so wonderful. So that's my favorite one. My second favorite one is kind of the 100 episode because it is like, one, we had so many people who did an intro drop for us, like congratulating the podcast. And so that meant a lot to me. And just in general, how that was the one episode where everybody gave what they thought Digital Darren and the podcast was to them. And that meant a lot to me. The third one probably is These Holes, just because that's like our iconic podcast. Okay. Yeah, that's like the one that, like, that was like the one we, that may be the only podcast we got a thousand listens to. I mean, we were on another site and combined between the other site and the new format we on. That was like that. And then one, a good one, an underrated one was two underrated ones, actually, I'll give you as a bonus. The date formula that we did, that was like your introduction to the Digital Darren podcast. That was, that was a good one, and that's one I share with people all the time when they want a little snippet. Yeah, so that's like that's like kind of us outside of sports at our best or whatever. And then one was... It's an easy one to share with females because a lot of yours are about sports. Not that females aren't into sports by any means. But it's an easier one that kind of crosses the gender line. And so that one, and then one that's not sports related, two that's not sports related, is we talked about the system and how Calhoun, one of us went to prison, um, and we talked about the flaws that we thought with the prison system from the inside. And then probably the funnest one is the Southern Rap Fantasy Album Draft, where we draft like a fantasy draft of all Southern albums. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the favorite but so what are the rules for the podcast like you just come up with a topic like you said you guys talk about it and then whoever wants to get on gets on not me per se like somebody may come like today I talked to Double R and Calhoun they were like hey one of our greatest podcasts was a quarterback steakhouse comparison and basically we compare quarterbacks to different steakhouses in Atlanta so you got the so bone the vegan can weigh in on this yeah I mean yeah so like you know you have like so like somebody like Tom Brady is bones but then somebody like Andy Dalton is long corn. You know what I'm saying? So we tear quarterbacks. Who would that guy be y'all talk about from Houston all the time? Oh, Osweiler, he'd be prison. The prison, the stuff you get in prison. Like we call it the prison prison line or whatever. So, you know, that's what he is. Y'all for that man so far. <laughs> yeah, he, he that. But, um, so it's anybody. So anybody has the rain. The only thing that's mandatory right now is that I'm the one who records and edits because I'm the only one who had the skill set right now. Mm-hmm. But like anybody can call and say, "Hey, D, I want to talk about this, this, or that." So and, that's, a, that's a shout out to all the listeners. If there's a topic that people want to talk yeah, about, anybody, or yeah. a rebuttal to some of, because sometimes we disagree with some of the stuff yeah. you're saying. And we did a rebuttal, like for the D's hoes. Mm-hmm. Some girls contacted us, and they did the D's dudes. That was kind of the unofficial rebuttal to mm-hmm. D's hoes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we definitely. Um, you can email us at digital d i g i t a l darren d a r o n at gmail dot com. We're more than obliged to let anybody get on the state their opinion about something. Okay. I mean, we're more than welcome anybody who wants to come on the podcast. So, like I say, just contact us. Okay. So, for the most part, it's your friends, though, right? It's your gang of guys that you grew up with or went to college with or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, some there's a lot of regulars. So, if you were to describe them, like, the, describe their podcast personality. It may not match what their personality is in real life. So, separate the man and the person who's on the podcast. Describe these people. So... Calhoun mirrors who he is in real life. He's a extremist. <laughs> and he's very passionate about so there's he's the world he's a very black and white person. He's very passionate about the black side. <laughs> very <laughs> And fuck the white side. Exactly, you know what I'm saying? But uh, he's very passionate about one side and very, you know. There's no middle ground in him. You know what I'm saying? So like that He's the one who's on the show the most. He's the one who always comes with topics, and he's the one I can get on the phone pretty much. And he's the most outspoken one. Yeah, he's very outspoken and about a lot of things or whatever. And so, Double R, who's probably been on the second most episodes, is kind of a straightforward, kind of a man's man type guy. 
Yeah, because I really only hear Double R on the sports ones. I mean, he's been on a couple of. He's been on a couple. He's been on the second most date ones or whatever. Okay. So, Mr. Mob, who was on a lot, he's very like passionate about everything or whatever. So, I think he, you know, he gave a perspective coming from somebody who was, you know, more grateful for life because he had health issues. So, Mm -hmm. I think he looked at it more objective, more like. God is good for at least having life and stuff like that, and so that whole gratefulness kind of exuded in his personality and in his, you know, on the show. Lin himself, Lin is kind of like Calhoun, just on a few subjects. So like, he's very passionate about like Florida State, and like he hates Matt Ryan. So the things he loves, he loves. <laughs> the things he hates, he hates. And okay. so, you know, he, you have to kind of push him to be more talkative and you have to kind of steer conversations to either something he really loves or something he really hates. Okay. Mario's very articulate. Mario and Arctic Chill. They're very articulate. Is Mario's name when he goes under Mario? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So he's very, he's very, those two guys are very articulate. Samadhi is very insightful and very laid back. And so... It's Mr. Miyagi. He's the Cambodian king of Cleveland Avenue. <laughs> so... That's what he earned that name. So shout out to the Cambodian king. So And Asian Robin, right? Yeah, and Asian Robin, but that's another show. Oh, okay. You don't plug other people's shit. Okay, you gotta pay for that, Sammy <laughs> Dick. Whatever you're What's your name on here? No, Sammy Oh, okay, I wasn't sure. His title is the Cambodian King of oh, Cleveland Avenue. The Cambodian King of Cleveland Avenue. So like that Lord of the First Men. Anyone else? That's pretty much E. S. Lee. Very articulate, very Engaging, very knowledgeable on some things. So, are there um, topics or people you want to have come on? Like, where is this going? What is the future of digital, Darren? So, I would like to branch out from more sports. So, several things we want to do, and we can start, you know, grab it up kind of. So, I would like to engage the community more, do more live podcasts. Okay. Want to be able to do like more live, more calling, and things of that nature. Um, so I, I wouldn't really want to make it into an interview style thing. I'd rather just talk to like people who listen to the show and get their opinions on stuff. But if I were to interview somebody, um, I want to one person I would like to interview is Jay Prince, um, founder of Rap a Lot Records, I, and he's pretty much the godfather of Southern rap music in general. So it's a lot of you know, in a time where the South wasn't respected. He basically made the South be respected. And he's universally respected in the record in, in the music industry. So I just like to talk to him and how he's, you know, how he made a way out of no way in that regard. So that's like one person I like to interview. Okay, I'm going to chime in though. You're not just going to shit on interview podcasts when I'm interviewing you for your podcast. Touche. But I'm saying like I don't want this. I won't want this to be like a interviews to be like a real special thing or whatever. Not okay. just a, like, it's your birthday. Exactly. So it's your birthday. <laughs> so yeah, I would like to interview Jay Prince. Um, fandom, I mean, and just zero because of fandom, but take out fandom. Jay Prince would be the only one I would really like to, talk. and probably Jay Z too. I think Jay, I think Jay Z is Frank Sinatra of the black community. Just you know, see what he thinks of you know some things. But um, so those are kind of like large scale things, right? So are there topics that we can be looking forward to, like the coming soon, like a trailer? Oh yeah, so coming soon, Cassine Reed, Worst Man in Atlanta History. Ooh. Shots fired. Yeah, so we're going down that road. We weren't going to do football picks and kicks because of boycotting the Falcons and Kaepernick, but conversation today with Double R and Calhoun, we are going to bring back um, NFL picks and kicks on the weekly, if not weekly, bi weekly. Explain that. Picks and kicks. So every week we kick it about something in the NFL, a trend that was going on, and then we pick the games. So we pick it two ways. We pick the straight up winning, and we pick the betting lines too. So, that's like a weekly podcast. That was something Mr. M.O.B. got so, started. How are you guys going to participate then if some of you guys are um, boycotting NFL? Like, how will you even know? So, it will be people who aren't boycotting NFL. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And so, I'll probably... And then, what they'll do is, like, give an opinion. They'll they'll basically give you, a, like, a... Almost like a podcast, like a quick synopsis of what happened. And then, you make a, a decision. Or whatever. Okay. Yeah, so. Sorry, sorry. You can cut that out. No, no, that's fine. So, yeah. That's it. Any other topics or things that are on your mind? I want to get back to more music stuff. Those were like the hidden gems because we did like a UGK Ryder versus Eight Ball and MJG. That was like one of a great podcast. We did the Southern Hip Hop album. We actually did a UGK podcast and Bun B part of UGK. He listened to the podcast. He said how much he liked it. Shut up! Oh, yeah. I never heard that before. When? How? I have to find. Um, 
tweet. People like listen to it now, like it much love or whatever. You know? Oh so, shit! You know, so more stuff like that. Kind of one of my big things I would love to do, and this would be in conjunction with other podcasts, is like a NCAA final um, tournament of um, rap music. So like us have, pick out like our ten albums from the south. Some podcast from the north pick out ten northern albums. Somebody from the west pick out ten west albums and from all other areas combined pick out 10 albums and then through podcasts just talk our way through like a final four and let people vote for it oh that's cool okay. I would love to that would be like a shame a lot for me I would love to work with other podcasts to get that done I see what so, the, big, the big words are using here yeah so that's something but pretty much coming back to Pits and Kids it's gonna be boo season, so we're gonna, of course, take day. Want to do some more music? But you oh, cuffing season, huh? Exactly. So Where are we now in cuffing season? Cuffin season? I'm not familiar. Cold. You know, I I got took out the game, so I don't know. Exactly. Where are we? Are teams picked as a championship yet? Or it's just starting, huh? Yeah, Tryouts just starting. Happen. Yeah, but it's probably so much like we're probably gonna talk about the buying the gift giving code because it's gonna be that time of year soon like what girl deserve a gift what gift stuff like that so we're gonna tackle that type of stuff so it's a lot of fun stuff coming okay a lot of good things yeah okay well i know this this was a little interesting for you you're you're never really on this side of it you're used to being an interview and you're used to quarterbacking so one i want to say thank you for allowing me to do this this is a privilege and an honor and it's my first time being on digital darren like this is a big deal you just pop my digital darren cherry yeah i didn't even say that right but yes you did it look i can't even speak you did it so well (laughs) any closing remarks you want to leave for your listeners can you do you know how we finish this up show? The telephone to telephone part. Can you do that for us, please? <laughs> I just don't you just say telephone to telephone. What else do you say? Tell Thank me. you guys for listening. Make oh, sure. Okay. Thank you guys for listening and make sure to telephone the telephone the telephone the telephone. That's it. There you go. Boom. Drop the mic. <laughs>